pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. about anything. 
And so, I, I mean, I, I wonder what God is trying to tell us here. I, I mean, it's like, I, I, I just about got it, but I, I'm not real sure. I got this much. He said, don't be full of care about anything. Don't fret or have anxiety over anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. And how about this? Don't stress over anything. I know there's a translation that says that, but I couldn't find it. You have to take my word for it. Don't stress over anything. Well, uh, again, I'm not really sure what God, what God's trying to say here. I mean, has anybody got a clue or a hint? Maybe you can help me with it. I, I'm starting to think that he might not want us to fret, worry, be anxious, or stress about anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we'll have to meditate on that for a while, and then we'll come back to it. But he says, then he says, but rather, or instead of fretting, worrying, anxiety, and stress, he said, rather, in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And so the Amplified Classic said, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known unto God. So in other words, he's telling us that Whenever you're tempted to fret, worry, be anxious, or stress about anything, here's an invitation to pray. When you feel that temptation to worry, to stress, to fret about something, to fear something, or be anxious about something, consider that an invitation to pray. Let your request be made known unto God, and he will give you a peace that passes all understanding. In other words, he said, let your requests be made known unto God. But he also said, with thanksgiving, right? Why with thanksgiving? I didn't get nothing yet. I mean, I, I got something to worry about. I got a circumstance that came up in my life. I got a problem come up in my life. And he said, don't fret, don't worry, don't, don't be anxious about it. Don't stress about it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto me. God says that. So he's telling us, in other words, don't tolerate worry, anxiety, or stress, or fret anything, because it will cause damage to your entire being, spirit, soul, and body. Stress causes physical illness in your body. And that's why he's so adamant, the Apostle Paul here is so adamant about be careful for nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Don't stress over nothing. Don't fret over nothing. Matthew. Uh, I wish I had a window right now. All right. Is it? It went off by itself. Matthew, you messing with me? <laughs> Hallelujah. No sound systems in heaven, right? But stress. Where's Matthew? 
Brother Darrell, would you give me a couple of batteries? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Jesus is good. Hallelujah. All the, that's right. No sound systems, no audio visual. We'll stand in the sides of the north. And we'll listen to Jesus preach. And there won't be a bad seat in the house. Man, just give me a couple of those up there. and Give me a couple of those char rechargeable ones. That ought to get me through the service. I must really preach long Sunday because that, I put them in new Sunday. And they're dead already. I got these, Brother Bear. Hang on to them, though. We'll put them in after worship Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry about that, Facebook. We got... Uh, Sure, we look very professional to you right now. There we go. Is that better? Hallelujah. Well, anyway, what Paul is saying is that when we, when we let our request be made known unto God with thanksgiving, that God can and will help us. And he don't want us worrying or stressing because he's our helper. Uh, and if we'll pray about everything with thanksgiving, and the reason he says with thanksgiving is because you're not thanking him for the problem. Oh, thank you, Lord, that I got this big problem coming up in these circumstances, and, you know, I didn't get my check this week, and I've been sick, and oh, thank you for, no, he's, he's not telling us to thank him for that. He's telling us to, to pray with thanksgiving because it's a, a sign of faith, it's an act of faith, because we're thanking him before we ever receive what we asked him for. Amen. We're shouting before the wall comes down. Hallelujah. So we're thanking him for the answer. And as a result, we're demonstrating faith to him. Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When you believe you receive them, when you pray. Before you have them, you're giving thanks. You're thanking God that you have them before you see him, before you see them. So uh, if you're praying with thanksgiving, then it means at least in the spirit, the unseen realm, you're thanking them for those things before you even see them. And faith is what the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So by thanking him in advance, you're telling him by faith, I see the thing that I've already requested of you. So the request you're making in prayer could be for material things, physical things, spiritual needs, and wants and desires of any kind. It can be everything and anything that concerns us in life. If it concerns you, it concerns your Father God. Right. Amen. Amen. Nothing's too small and nothing's too big for our God. Well, I'm not really worried. I'm just concerned. Oh, really? Well, there's a way to tell, tell the difference between being concerned and worrying. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but if I was to ask for a show of hands in here of anybody that's not worried about anything, I don't know if somebody would raise their hands or not, but if you did, we would cast a lying devil out of you. <laughs> 
Everybody's worried about something at some time. Some more than others. Some people are professional worriers. I had an aunt like that. I told this story once before, but I had an aunt. She was a professional worrier and mourner. If you had a funeral, you want my aunt there. She would add her professionalism to that funeral, and you would know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you were at a funeral, because she knew how to mourn professionally. She knew how to worry. If you had, <laughs> if you had something to worry about, all you had to do was give it to her, and she'd take care of all your worries for you. There was this, this guy was standing on the ledge of a roof. He was wanting to commit suicide, and he was trying to get up enough courage to jump. And this cop comes up to the roof, and he gets out there on the ledge. He said, take it easy, take it easy. I just want to talk. I just want to talk, man. And the guy said, talk about what? He said, I'll tell you what. You tell me your worries. I'll tell you my worries. And if your worries are, are more than my worries, then you can go ahead and jump. Well, this guy begins to tell him all of his problems and all of his worries. And when he got finished, the cop took his hand and they both jumped. I know that's bad. <laughs> Sometimes we think we have problems. You just don't know. Amen. Hallelujah. But anyway, the way you tell the difference between being concerned and actually worrying is that when you're concerned about something, and it, you can have a genuine concern about something, uh, but when you're concerned about something, you're always in control. You're in control of your emotions, you're in control of your actions, you're always in control over the thing that you're concerned about. But when you're worried, then you're no longer in control and worry takes control. Yes. And if you don't think it does, then why does it keep you awake at night? Or why does it wake you up in the middle of the night? Why does it get on your emotions and cause you to be sad and depressed and dejected and all these things? Why? Because it's in control. Mm -hmm. And you're letting that worry take control of your life and it affects your emotions and it affects the people around you because you bite your spouse's head off for no reason. You bite the kid's head off for no reason. Why? Because in the back of your mind, you're worried and stressed about something. You're anxious about something. And you're like a time bomb that's getting ready to go off. Amen. Amen. And so uh, the Apostle Paul tells us, do not fret. Do not have anxiety. Do not worry. Do not stress. Do not be full of care about what? Anything. Nothing. Don't worry about anything. That I mean that leaves out there. You, you can't worry about anything. He didn't say don't worry about anything except. There is no exception. God does not want us worrying. And if he's your God, you don't have anything to worry about. Yes, Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. We'll start reading with verse 24. We heard what the Apostle Paul, through the Holy Ghost, by inspiration, had, what, had to say. And, and let's hear what the Master has to say, Jesus. 
he starts off in verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. Who can serve two masters? No one. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You can't serve two masters. And then he tells us what the masters are. You cannot serve God and mammon. And that word mammon means deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever you're trusting in. That's mammon. You can't serve God and serve those things. So what master are you serving? Because you can only serve one. You need to make a good choice here, right? Would you miss church but not miss work for the same reason? If you would miss church but not miss work for the same reason that you miss church, then you're not serving the right masters. Amen. Are you constantly worried, uh, excuse me, concerned about something? Are you constantly concerned about your job, the amount of hours you're getting? You're worried about getting, or concerned about getting laid off? You're concerned about getting a raise or not getting a raise? You're concerned about getting all your bills paid at the end of the month? Are you concerned about these things on a consistent and regular basis? If you are, you're serving the wrong master. If you're more concerned about these things, then you are pleasing God, then you, you are definitely serving the wrong master. Let's see what Jesus has to say about it. In verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried. See, Paul told us not to worry. Now, Jesus is telling us the same thing here. He says, don't be perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body, what you shall put on, is, is not life greater in quality than food and the body, far above and more excellent than clothing. So in other words, he's saying uh, all the necessities of life, don't worry about them, don't be anxious about them. You know, gas for the car, the electric bill, the mortgage or the rent, whatever the case may be, the car payment, uh, the kids' tuition, the kids' clothes, the whatever. He says, don't be anxious or worry about those things. And then, uh, and, and basically he's talking about when you're serving the wrong master, then you're going to be perpetually, perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried. About what? Yourself. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by worrying and being anxious, can add one unit of measure, cubit, to his stature or to the span of his life? All the worrying and anxiety and stress and fretting in the world won't add one second to your life, but it will take a lot of it away. And why should you be anxious about clothes? 
Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil or spin. They're not out there sweating it. They're not out there anxious and all worried about anything. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his magnificence, excellence, dignity, and grace was not arrayed like one of these. We're talking about a king here. And he wasn't dressed like one of these lilies of the field. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and green, and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace, like this mic is going to be. All right, it's still on here, Matthew, so I don't know. Let me just put it in my pocket here. Everything is tight. Where was it? Where was it? Oh, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and green, and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you? And then he says this, Oh, you of little faith. So if you're worrying and you're anxious and you're fretting about anything, he's saying here, you got little faith. Not no faith, he said little faith. You know why one would have little faith? I have to be careful how I say this. I'm saying it facetiously. But one would have little faith because they have a little God. Your faith is little because your God is little. Not really. If you're serving our God, he's not little. But I'm trying to make a point here. But if your God was bigger, your faith would be bigger. I know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and we exercise our faith by going through tests and trials and our faith gets stronger and it grows and I know all of that but what I'm saying is the bigger your God God is the bigger your faith is the more trust and confidence you have in your God the more faith you will have they work hand in hand they work together if you got big faith it's because you got a big God and you know you got a big God amen hallelujah and uh, then he says this. Therefore, do not worry and be anxious. Again, again, he's telling us. Saying, what are we going to have to eat? Or what are we going to have to drink? Or what are we going to have to wear? Don't worry or be anxious about those things, he's telling them. You know, I can remember when we were raising our boys. Back then, a man could make a living. A single parent could make a living. Today you can't do that. It takes both parents and then some. But I lived in a day where I had a good job, a decent job. Inflation was pretty much under control and we could afford things and Pastor Ed didn't have to work. She chose to work, but we never involved her money in the family budget. We only involved her money in getting extra things. I remember when we had our house built, we couldn't afford a fireplace and central air. So we decided to get the fireplace because central air could be added later. You know, it, it, it would be a unit outside and then it would be hooked into your already furnace and force air uh, heating system in the house. So that would have been a lot easier than 
uh, cutting a hole in the wall, building a chimney and bringing in bricks and all of that stuff and, and build a fireplace. So we chose a fireplace. Well, she started a daycare and before long, we were able to have the central air put in. We were able to have a deck put on the house. I mean, when we bought this house, keep our payments uh, where we could afford them, we had to cut out all kinds of different stuff, but all, all the stuff that we could add later. Uh, a fence around the backyard. We had a big backyard, we wanted a fence around it. So none of that came out of the budget that I provided. It all came out of the money that she made extra. So uh, whatever we wanted extra, that's come out of that money. But I, was a, I had a good job with uh, UPS and I can remember raising the boys. They never had to worry about any of the things that Jesus was mentioning here. I mean, they, I never heard them say, I'm worried about what I'm going to wear tomorrow. I'm worried about what I'm going to eat for supper tonight. I'm worried about whether or not we can have enough gas in the car to get to school. They didn't know the meaning of the word worry. They didn't know the meaning of the word uh, anxiety when it came to worry. I mean, they, they got anxious about things, but never about the things that Jesus is talking about here. Why? Because... I, like my father, was a good provider. I wasn't a real good father. That changed when I got born again and saved. But I wasn't a real good father, but I was an excellent provider. And I learned that from my dad because he wasn't a real good father as fathers go. I mean, he didn't abuse me or anything, but uh, he was a good provider. He didn't know how to say, I love you because his dad never told him that. And he passed it on, uh, his dad passed it on to him, he passed it on to me, and I would have passed that on to my children had not been for the Lord. So thank God I got saved and born again. I learned how to say I love you. Now I never, anytime I had communicate with them or I leave the house, I tell Pastor Ed I love her, I tell my kids I love them when I hang up, my grandkids I, I love them, and they tell me the same thing. Because uh, we broke that generational curse yes. and the buck stopped with me. Yes. But they didn't know because I always had a good job. I always worked hard. And like I said, when we needed something extra or it looked like we was going to come up short, I would get another job. I worked jobs on the weekends. I drove a, uh, a tractor trailer for my brother-in-law so he could get a day off because he was an owner operator and he never got a day off. So I'd take his weekend run for him so he could get a day off. And then I would paint houses uh, on the weekends or whatever it took. But my kids never had to worry about their needs being met because I was a good provider. And so how much more our Father God? I mean, he, he is the epitome of provision. He's a good father. He's a good provider. And he loves us, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't be ashamed to tell us he loved us. Amen? Amen? And we shouldn't be ashamed to tell him that we love him either. But he, 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 like me and like my father, he would do whatever it takes to meet every need of his children. Amen? Amen. And then, uh, uh, but he supplies our needs according to his riches in glory. Yeah. I didn't have riches in glory. I mean, I can only provide my needs according to my income and provide my family's needs according to my income. He's unlimited. He's limitless, unlimited. 
And then in verse 32, it says, For the Gentiles, the heathen, the unsaved, the ones serving the wrong master, wish for and crave and diligently seek all these things, everything you need for life, your gas, your house, your rent, your uh, clothes, your food, your, all of these things. They crave and diligently seek all these things. We need the same things, but we shouldn't crave them and diligently seek them in place of our relationship with our Heavenly Father, our provider. We shouldn't do that as Christians. He says, and your Heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. He knows we need them. My kids knew that I knew they needed things. They didn't have to tell me. They did. They asked for things that they shouldn't get. They asked for toys. They asked for, you know, whatever. But never had to ask for a need to be met. But we shouldn't be wishing and craving and diligently seeking all these things because that's what the Gentiles do. And they're serving the wrong master. We're not. And he tells us what to do in the next verse. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. And then verse 34, he ends the dissertation with this. So do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Matthew 6.34, same verse in the Message Bible, says, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now, not tomorrow. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Just like he's helping you deal with today, he'll help you deal with tomorrow. So why worry about things in the future? God's got it, amen? So if you're worried about shortages, because we have a corrupted supply chain, then you're looking at the wrong supply chain. Our God is a never-ending supply chain, and his supply chain is not corrupted, and it never runs out. If you're worried about your job, your income, or the stability of your company, you're serving the wrong master. You're relying on the wrong source. Make God your master. Make God your source. And you never have to worry or be concerned about any of those things. He's stable, too. Never-ending resources. He's a source that has never-ending resources. If you're worried about this government and what they're going to do next, a lot of people are worried about that. A lot of people are complaining and whining and crying and worrying about inflation, recession, gas prices, grocery prices, food shortages. Nobody in the kingdom of God is going to starve to death. Not in this country. And uh, I was just listening to a, a message yesterday or the day before 
by a prophet, I don't want to mention his name, it might be one of those algorithms that gets you cut or censored, but he said that, you know, supply shortages are man created by man. And uh, when you have people starving in a country that has abundance, like our country, it's because of the government controlling things that they don't have any business controlling. And one of those things is the supply chain. It's because of government regulations that we have a supply shortage. The supplies are out there, but they put so many restrictions on these poor truck drivers that they can't haul the, the stuff off the docks and get it distributed into the country. Yeah. It's a man-made supply chain interruption or uh, corruption or whatever you want to call it. And it should not be in a country like this. They shouldn't be paying farmers to burn their crops. They shouldn't be paying farmers not to plant their crops because they're trying to overextend their control. So these things are all man-made. But how many knows our God is bigger than all this stuff? And how many, how many can say for certainty that God is not involved in some of this stuff? Maybe he has to use some of this stuff to get to the place that he's trying to get to. Maybe this is what it's going to take to get us to the place where we do what we're supposed to do. Amen? Uh, another thing he said that was really mind-blowing was uh, he was at a meeting, and it was a political-type thing, and these politicians are coming out on the stage, and one of them come out and said that, uh, I gotta be careful, said that we need to fight. And one guy shouted out, well, how do we fight? He said, by going to the ballot box. Well-known senator, politician, conservative. And this prophet stood up and said, we did that. 80 million of us did that. And you didn't do your part, you let them steal it. You could have heard a pin drop in that place. I imagine, I wasn't there, but you could have probably heard a pin drop in that place. He said what needed to be said. So here we're facing the same battle again. And you know, we're not talking about an insurrection. We're not talking about a civil war. We're not talking about doing anything violent. We're talking about just exercising your God-given right and get out there and vote. But this time it's gonna be different because we're gonna protect that vote. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, we probably get for that, but anyway. <laughs> but if you're worried about this government and what they're doing, you're in the wrong kingdom. Because we are in an unshakable kingdom. And I don't care what happens in the world or what the world is doing, it don't affect us. Amen? Not according to what we believe. Yeah, we'll feel the effects of it. I go to the gas pumps, yeah, I feel it coming out of my pocket. I feel the effects of it. But I'm telling you, it don't shake me. And I don't, I can't say this for everybody, but 
I have never went to the gas pump and got less than a fill up. I don't care what the price of gas was, and I was in that gas shortage in the 70s where they were rationing gas, and you could only get it on odd and even days depending on your license plate. If your license plate ended in an even number, uh, you got your gas today, the odd numbers got theirs tomorrow, and so on and so forth. So I know what it was like, but I never went to that gas pump no matter what the price of the gas was and wasn't able to afford it. Amen. Amen. Living in the right kingdom. Yeah, but you don't know my circumstances. It doesn't make any difference. The Apostle Paul and Jesus didn't give us an option. He said, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't be full of care. Amen. He said, don't fret. Period. About anything. But pray about it. Give God a chance to do something about it. He will. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you a couple quick scriptures to help you. I won't read this one, but uh, in your private devotional time, you're trying to get over anxiety and fear and worry. Uh, read the 23rd Psalm. Put yourself in it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Personalize it. Make him your shepherd. Because as long as he's your shepherd, he will lead, guide, and provide. Then Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. How could you be afraid knowing that? Psalm 55, 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So you may be in a battle, but he's sustaining you through it. There may be a food shortage, a supply chain shortage, but he is sustaining you through it. You will not be moved because you're serving the right master and he'll see to it that you don't do without anything that you need. Amen? Amen. Uh, Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, forget not my law. Don't forget my word. But let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. I'm telling you, when you're worrying and you're stressed and you're fretting, you're looking for peace. Paul promised us that peace. Jesus promised us that peace. And here we have in Proverbs, uh, the writer of Proverbs promising us that peace. And then Philippians, we read this already. Uh, and I told you how in the latter part of verse 7, the Amplified Classic said that, Peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So when you let your request be made known unto God with thanksgiving, a uh, troop comes and garrisons around your heart and your mind, and they mount guard over your heart and mind, and they protect the peace that you get through Jesus Christ. So when the enemy attacks your mind, there are certain things that you need to think on. 
In Romans 15, 13, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that the God of peace has filled me with joy and peace, the God of joy. Then Psalm 29, 11, The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Are you his people? Yes. You're blessed with peace. If you're not walking in it, you need to start walking in it. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. There's plenty of scriptures that guarantees us peace. We're serving the right master. We are guaranteed peace. Not only peace, but a peace that passes all understanding. I tell you, I'm not going to say that I have never worried about anything. That I've never fret or got anxious about anything. But I'll tell you what, it didn't last long. Because one of these scriptures would immediately come to mind. And I would get a hold of myself. And I say, self, you're serving the right master. And he said, as long as you keep me first, you don't have anything to worry about. I'll provide all your needs. And I get control of that anxiety and that fear. Amen? And anybody can do it. Isaiah 26, 3, and I'm closing with this. Thou wilt keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because they trust in thee. If you find yourself in a bunch of worry and concern and you're fretting and you're anxious, it's because your mind is on the wrong things. Put your, not, your mind on him and he'll keep you in perfect peace so when trouble comes when worry is knocking at the door put your mind on the lord right. think of some of these promises that he made yes. recite the 23rd psalm and i guarantee you that peace will come and that worry will go and like i said i you know i'm not going to say i never worry but there the times i worry are far in between uh, and I don't lose sleep over much. Not for long. There, there have been some things, especially with the recent trial that we've gone through, that, that robbed my peace, but it was temporary. Because when I woke up in the middle of the night with my heart beating out of my chest, all anxious and stressed and concerned about what was going to happen next, and... Uh, if something was going to happen next or not happen next, I, I, I was like that for a minute. And I started quoting my scriptures. And 23rd Psalm was the main one. And I'd just keep doing that until my peace came back and I'd go back to sleep. So, yeah, you're going to be tempted to get in the Word or start praying with thanksgiving for the answer. Amen. And the God of all peace that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.